Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is episode number 81, and we're going to call this one The Boy in the Trunk. Um, you know, for the last year, I have been working at a um, COVID site as part of a, a police security detail. And, you know, we always have our, you know, people arguing who's in line first, who's not in line uh, when it's closed down, why it should, why people should be allowed in after the CDC has closed it down. You know, just the typical things you would expect, you know. Uh, but I was just reading uh, in today's paper, it says, Texas mom charged after a 13-year-old son found in car trunk at COVID testing site. So, you know, I had to be a little curious about this one. And the more I read, the more I uh, I really question my faith in humanity. Uh, we had a Texas teacher, uh, Sarah Bean, 42. Uh, she worked at a local high school. Um, and she has just been... Well, there's a warrant out. She apparently is attempting to uh, evade police for uh, child endangerment or what we would call a Connecticut risk of injury to a minor. It appears that uh, on uh, January 3rd, she had pulled up for a COVID testing site to get a test. And um, while she was there, one of the uh, workers uh, heard movement in the trunk and uh, she thought she heard what was a voice. So, I guess um, Bean was pretty, uh, Bean, Beam. It's actually Beam, I thought it was Bean, but Beam, Bean, what's, what's the difference? Um, Bean was requested to open the trunk. So they open the trunk and they find uh, Beam's I believe, I believe the child was 13 years old. Son, laying face down in the um, trunk. And just, uh, just an FYI, uh, Beam works at the Cypress uh, Falls High School. Um, so, the worker who um, had Beam open the trunk after she realized that there was a child in the trunk. Contacted police. Uh, police came out. I guess they questioned her. Um, based on the facts, um, I'm not sure why they didn't put her in custody right then and there uh, as an on-site violation, but they didn't. And um, we'll get a little farther down the road. So. Beam's explanation for this is that um, she believed the child had um, tested positive for COVID. Well, okay, I get that, but, you know, and she wanted to keep the child separate from herself, so she put the kid in the trunk. Well, I mean, you know, nothing for nothing, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we generally don't put... Um, we generally don't put people in the trunk of the cars to uh, keep ourselves um, from catching COVID. Uh, but I guess some other people uh, think a little bit uh, different about stuff like that. Um, so the 
police say they come up with a warrant they write the warrant uh, they try to serve it and uh, Beam is nowhere to be found I thought that was kind of a little bit of an interesting thing you know for a couple reasons I want to hear you have a school teacher okay knowing knowing that she is a first responder at a school knowing that a first responder is required to report any type of neglect um, she throws the kid in the in the trunk I mean nothing for nothing but it just seems a little odd to me now if you know like that a child or a person has COVID um, which is always kind of kind of a uh, of my topic of debate if you're an individual that that knows that you have COVID or are, are symptomatic um, you've got two better options than going to a COVID site one is to go to the hospital where they can properly and quickly diagnose you and treat you and or if it's not that bad stay home like the rest of us who've got whacked with it several times and drink a lot of water vitamin Z is good vitamin D is good and Theraflu works really good um, and the last couple of days you're miserable and you, then you come back to life and you're good but uh, throwing people in a trunk you know how many ex-wives and husbands would be in trunks if that if that was a standard way of handling things here I, I could oh, good God I could list a whole bunch of them holy crap some people are not even married, weren't married to it, like a throw in a trunk. Uh, which brings, which brings uh, up another question, and you know we're in, into right now about six minutes. We're probably this is going to be a shortcut, but it seems like the COVID virus seems to be the only stable issue that our new president and vice president can handle. Now, I understand I understand the impact of it on modern life. We see it every day. Um, you know, I, I do question sometimes the numbers about it. I don't think statistically from what I've seen that it's, the numbers are right in certain aspects, but I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to throw my opinion into it. But it just seems there's some distortion, in, in fact, about, about it. But did you ever wonder, now, and I told you people, you know I'm not a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist at all. I don't believe in conspiracy, fact, evidence, and statements. That's what, that's what, makes, that's what makes a case. Uh, anything else is just, you know, hogwash to me. But why are we so concerned about every aspect about why is the government, let me rephrase that, why is the government, President Biden, Kamala Harris, when you ever see her, who's, who's uh, um, down to a 32% rating, and if she's down to 32, I can imagine where uh, the old guy is, but why are they so concerned about everything except the origin point? You notice nobody talks about the origin point of corona anymore. Why is that? I mean... Like I said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there is no way in hell that this is not a man-made uh, 
I call it a toxin because that's what it is. Biohazard, toxin, whatever you want to consider it. Why is no one looking into that? You notice that disappeared all of a sudden? Oh, it was from a bat. Let me tell you what. It may have been a derivative of a bat, but was it a derivative that was taken from a bat? Not eaten, but taken. Go, see where I'm going with this? Why did the one of the first doctor surgeons working who discovered this thing, all of a sudden he's off or passes away and nobody questions that? Nobody questions the rate of mutation. You know, and it's, listen, being my age in the United States, up until our recent election, we really never questioned, questioned the authority of the White House because we always knew that in some dysfunctional way they were attempting to do something. Unfortunately, this ha does not happen to be the way it is nowadays. But I remember, and I'm going to kind of date myself, uh, the first swine flu uh, epidemic, um, SARS, Legionnaire's disease, so on and so forth. The government not only was always interested in trying to cure the disease, but they were interested in locating the origin point. Do I believe that my theory on this disease, and, and you know, you may say I'm right, you may say I'm wrong, you know, we all have different opinions, but you know, it, it seems like there was a multi multi-purpose for this. And my thought on this is that You have to understand, one, the point of origin, you know, um, some say China. Um, China within itself is dealing with a very um, a very bad situation with, uh, as far as their younger population, to, that who pay into the, uh, the tax system. Um, the, the younger population of China is not having as many children as the older. Therefore, the number of younger people putting money into the till is less. And by no means am I attempting to say this is a mass genocide, but it, it seems like the, the people that impacted the most until it started mutating was the older ones. I mean, could it be a way to reduce population? Sure it could. Um, and like I always say, wherever wherever there is a man-made um, biological weapon, there is also, the cure is made before the weapon is. You know, let's face it. I mean, it would be stupid like pulling the pin out of a grenade and or holding a grenade by the handle and not having a pin. I mean, it'd be kind of not only be counterproductive, but it'd be pretty stupid, as a matter of fact. And was nobody, and you know what? Nobody questions why we're not looking to see where this shit came from. But as this happens, you know, COVID 
and think about it this way think about COVID from a, uh, uh, an economical standpoint okay it has basically crippled the US and a lot of other countries making us vulnerable to a lot of other countries okay um, It has reduced our population, but you know we, our country is very large, so reduced the number of reduced population by this is not is not going to significantly impact anybody. Um, but you have to um, you have to look at at it for what it is. And like I said, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but. Uh, You know, just based on life experience, there's something not right about this. I mean, if I let me tell you what, if I was a, the president, I'd have every, every, you know, at least at least a team of 100, 150 people looking to find out where this shit came from. You know, um, but they dis dismissed it. So that's just a, something to think about. You know, there's going to be a short segment, probably about 16 minutes. But um, let's get back to the this this teacher putting this kid in the trunk it just doesn't seem normal it isn't normal especially somebody that has responsibility of the welfare of children on a daily basis I mean um, I noticed when the police went up to the house uh, that the individual that opened the, the door um, was acting a little more aggressive okay so the police have a warrant for her arrest and you're telling them no they can't come in or you're not opening the door well you know what not for nothing that don't fly here in Connecticut <clears throat> we have things that open the door um, it's just in my, and you got to remember, I was an SRO for eight years, and it just seems so ludicrous that, you know, I don't know where to start with this. I mean, like, <clears throat> who throws a kid in the trunk? Although I do remember, believe it or not, as a as a younger kid, probably, you know, I'm not going to give you my age right now because I'll scare half of the audience. But um, when we had drive-in movies, yeah, we also used to hide in the trunk. To get in for free but you know that was different I mean you know uh, although back then they didn't have the little both pull strings to pop the trunk open so if nobody opened the trunk they're pretty much screwed uh, but in this case you know it's really interesting because uh, I just I just can't I just don't have the, the concept of the mental psychology that maybe even the reasoning for why a person would do this I mean you know Put a mask on it. Put two masks on the kid. You know what? Keep him in the back seat. Keep the windows open. Throwing him back back trunk. Nah, that doesn't seem very reasonable to me. And um, you know, of course, the school puts her on suspension, which they should, because you know, I I would be from this point on questioning her abilities or you know, uh, cogniz mental cognizance to be. Uh, running a class because crisis she's throwing her own kid in the trunk I mean I, I don't know if I might want her near my younger kids um, I would I would somewhat question that but <clears throat> this is 
which is, is occurred in recent events. I, I try to stay away from recent events because uh, I do have a little bit of a, a way and put my a way of putting my thoughts into the uh, things that are going on today that completely offend people because people don't want to sometimes hear the truth and um, you know like they say the truth will set you free well in my case it always gets my ass chewed out so <laughs> I don't know if that's a difference or not but until the next episode this is Michael C. Bouchard the host of the Night Stalker podcast and hopefully we'll get a couple uh, episodes out today on different topics um, we will be going over again I did a, a topic um, uh, several weeks ago about uh, Roy Weber uh, who is a, a male prostitute um, he was found dead, uh, shot to death in a parking lot in uh, Providence, uh, Rhode Island. I further spoke with uh, relatives of his, and what I've learned um, what I've learned is very shocking. Let me just tell you this, and it puts a lot of points a lot of fingers at. Um, A local politician, um, a police escort, an individual that was a officer who was a bodyguard, um, puts a lot of uh, suspicion around the uh, Biltmore, which is a building that w had apartments uh, there at the time in 2003. So until then, that will probably be within the next couple of. Uh, episodes. I just need to get some additional facts before I dump the laundry and un unfortunately this laundry could go nationwide and I, I would just want to make sure I get all my stuff straight before that. So until then, if you're in a dark room, a dark place, maybe even with dark people in a dark bar, anywhere that's dark and you hear footsteps, you know what, just make sure you know the, where the back door or the back window is or if you hear footprints just start running like just start running like hell. Until then, this is Michael C. Bouchard, host of the Night Stalker Podcast.